Welcome to Season 3 of The Commons, a podcast featuring researchers, innovators, artists, entrepreneurs, and community builders who are improving the human condition in your own backyard and around the globe. I'm your host, Tom Osha. If you've listened to any episode of this podcast, you do know we focus a lot on innovation districts, the spatial geographies where talent and ideas come to cluster and connect. The Association of University Research Parks is a member-driven organization, and it counts among its membership research parks and innovation districts across the globe who have as their anchor research universities and academic medical centers. This robust organization of several hundred districts comes together once a year in a different city around the world to exchange ideas and best practices in the industry. This year, they're in Toronto, Canada for the 2022 International Conference. They were kind enough to invite the Commons to come and speak with some of their members. So our first episodes of Season 3 will be interviews with park leaders from around the world. I hope you enjoy. I'm Tom Osha, and welcome to the Commons, coming to you from the International Conference of AURP, the Association of University Research Parks. We are here in Toronto, Ontario this year, and sitting across from me at the table this afternoon is Phil Hochberger, and he is a consultant uh, with the Waymaker Group. And Phil, welcome to the Commons. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be here and great to see you again. Well, first of all, tell me a little bit about Waymaker, because what I tend to do is talk to universities. You fill a real specialized role that can help universities thinking about innovation districts. Yeah, well, thanks. I've spent 35 years of my career at a university, at Northwestern University in Chicago and Evanston. And so 12 of those years um, was as an administrator in the Office for Research. And so I learned how to uh, balance the needs of the institution with the needs of the faculty. I was in charge of research facilities and research space in um, helping our university grow their research portfolio. So I have the higher ed uh, pedigree and experience that I bring to the Waymaker Group. I got interested in this from a city point of view, right? What is it that the city expects out of universities? And so the Waymaker Group specializes in working for and on behalf of cities as they pull together their local resources to build a consortium of partners to build economic development around research parks and innovation districts. So that's the special niche that Waymaker Group is there a Is there a particular size city that you tend to focus on? There is. Thanks for asking. Yeah, we, we focus on mid-sized here. That means populations between 100,000 and 900,000 because they have... Give me some some names that would be in that tier. We're already uh, helping Kenosha, Wisconsin, Oklahoma City, about to start one in Omaha. We've done smaller projects with Kansas City, Las Vegas, and Louisville. All right, so those are are names everybody can wrap their mind around and get a picture of kind of the the size of the city. And so so what is it that you help the cities do? Is it help help them get ready to actually have an innovation district or to get the stakeholders together? Uh, Because this is complex stuff, and it requires lots of actors. It does, and I think... 
probably the, the first thing that comes up in these conversations is they all think they want to be the next Boston or San Francisco. Okay. And part of our job is to help them to understand they don't want to be uh, one of those cities, that that's not who they are, that their um, population and their resources and their strengths uh, lie in other areas and that they should leverage those strengths. So understanding their assets, understanding those strengths um, is where the conversation begins okay. as we help them to um, envision down the road what is it that can transform their economy with what they already have. Uh, okay. All right. So having that comparative advantage is exceptionally important. Uh, and, and then you take that and help create a shared agenda across all the stakeholders with, within that yeah, that region, I'll call it, or city? We do. We call it the pre-development process. Okay. And that is all those projects that have to be done before there's any shovel in the ground. So generally... Um, the cities that come to us have a property in mind, either they own it or in partnership with someone who does own it, they want to develop it. And our role is to come in and help them to address a variety of problems from community engagement to the stakeholder engagement, um, creating a nonprofit generally is a best practice to manage on behalf of the city and the stakeholders, uh, ma master planning, uh, financial modeling, a whole variety of questions that they have um, at these early stages long before they bring a real estate developer to the table. Okay. So often, at least in, in North America, cities are, have been pretty poor anchors of innovation districts. Certainly, they're active participants in them. There's a lot of things that a city brings to it, whether it's land, infrastructure, policy, in, incentives. And so, so do you also help them think about how one anchors the district as well? We do. Let me compare. So I'm from Chicago. Okay, right, and right. Chicago has a number of innovation districts and in the life sciences that are under development. And to your point, they're not particularly, the city is not particularly good at uh, cooperating and helping. So these right. are, tend to be private investments mm -hmm. without partnerships, without governance models that allows many voices to be heard. They're simply real estate deals. So, some people would say that's why Chicago has, has been seen as punching below its weight sometimes in innovation. I think that's a fair assessment. These other markets that we're focused on, this what we call mid-tier, yep. um, under... Some of them have that problem, but those that don't can accelerate the process. So okay. they're, they are, if, if they're collaborative mm -hmm. and they talk to each other, uh, let me take Oklahoma City okay. as an yeah, example. Yes, yes. Oklahoma City um, is a place where when we came in, Waymaker Group, to help them with their Build Back Better grant, which by the way, they were one they, of the they 20. So, so Katie Boren was in your chair yesterday telling me about it. Yep. That's right. And they get it. They work together. They understand that in order to be successful across the industry sectors, the government, the nonprofits, right. the higher eds, they're all on the same page doing whatever's necessary to be successful. And with that kind of um, group uh, mentality, Boy, you can be, you can do a lot of good work, and so our pre you can, you can punch above your weight. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And they are, okay. they are going to punch above uh, their weight. And I believe for our audience here at the AURP, Oklahoma City is 
in my opinion, going to be the next Austin. They really do understand and have been to Austin to sort of see how that unfolded over the last 15 years and what it is they need to do to be able to follow uh, their own path. So Oklahoma City is uh, a good example. Mm-hmm. Some of the other cities we've consulted with, I think, have not recognized yet that importance of partnering across these sectors. And so they're still struggling. And we see this in more cities than not. So that's really one of the guiding principles that you've discovered is this importance of the shared agenda and the cooperation across the stakeholders. It is. What, what's another trend, Phil, that, that you've been seeing in these mid mid Well, we've actually um, started to articulate it among our group, Waymaker, what those are. Number one is vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, Group vision is important. But even if you have a visionary who is in a leadership role, let me take Kenosha as an example. The mayor of Kenosha, John Antaramian, is a visionary. He has been performing his magic in the city for decades now. And uh, he can be a leader. And when you have someone who's leading the community and the community buys into that leadership, that's an alternative. Um, it, you still need eventually all the other stakeholders to come, but a single voice with that kind of leadership can go a long way. Then you need the resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, among those resources, the higher eds, the cities that are going to be successful in the innovation economy have to have access to that talent. Yep. There's a role for private philanthropy, I, I think, as well. I think about mid-sized cities who have outperformed uh, Indianapolis as the Lilly Foundation. Obviously, Pittsburgh has Hillman a Foundation. Cleveland certainly has the Cleveland Foundation. Um, and, and all of them have really kind of helped. Even Oklahoma City, I think, has, uh, has a foundation, if I remember correctly. It's been, several. <laughs> that, that have been very involved in that as well. Kind of, kind of helping, if you will, soften the economics and make these first deals a little bit easier to go through. It's it's not a requirement, yep. but boy, it's helpful. Sure, if you can bring sure. those voices to the table, and if they can buy into the vision okay. and see the benefit for their community. All right. So, visionary box checked. What else? Uh, resources. So land, the the model for land varies across the country as to who owns it. And depending on who owns it, then how you um, structure the deals, whether they're partnerships, whether they're ground leases or outright ownership Mm -hmm. in which you um, sell the properties off piece by piece to developers. Uh, In Kenosha, it's owned by the city. In Oklahoma City, the Innovation District has land uh, adjacent to the medical center Mm -hmm. and to the research park, which is right there as well. Uh, The research park is owned by the University of Oklahoma. The medical center owns uh, its property. And then the Innovation District is city-owned property. Mm -hmm. So in that case... And and you have a GE Energy subsidiary, Baker Hughes, that owns some properties there as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little more complicated than how to build the... um, the financial structure and and the deals when you are working with different ownerships, okay. but that's all part of the challenge. All righty. Uh, and anything else on our, our checklist of things that mid-sized cities should be looking for or making sure they're bringing to the forefront so they can compete? The, the single most important lesson learned by Waymaker Group to date is that they need more than advice. Okay. When we came in as a consulting firm, uh, we're a small consulting firm, but agile enough to be able to come in and help them assess. We learned that they don't have the staff experience or the resources to act on that advice. 
And okay. so what Waymaker Group has learned is in Kenosha, in Oklahoma City, we have to roll up our sleeves now and move from consulting to project management to be successful. Gotcha. So, so, so you can give them a brilliant plan, but they don't have the capacity to execute against it yes. for, for a variety of reasons, so all good reasons. And then as a business, um, helping them become independent, helping them move past those early stages of um, implementing all the best practices required to get those buildings built and to get those programs um, organized and off and running, then how they structure it in such a way they can take ownership and then run with the ball. So how's the conference been for you? Reaffirming, right? Okay, all right. I think uh, those of us at this conference working in the innovation space recognize that our time has come. A decade ago, uh, we were sharing this gospel of innovation being part of the next big wave in economics. Uh, and it didn't it didn't sell everywhere. Now in even small town America, they get it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're no longer having to have those conversations. So when I come to this meeting, I see a lot of smiles, a lot of people nodding their heads. Uh, no matter what community across the border um, in the U.S. and here in Canada, almost everyone's experiencing now this this rejuvenation of interest and finding. Um, that, the, that we're not even fighting the language problem yeah. anymore. Everyone's on the same page. Final question I ask everybody, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Probably um, from my father, who said, make your boss happy. Ah, okay. <laughs> and I, I was uh, one of six boys, and I was the most sassy one of the group. Uh, my brothers once gave me, I have five brothers, uh, a T-shirt for Christmas that said, everyone's entitled to my opinion. And that's how my brothers thought of me. And I think the advice my dad gave me recognized that as well and said, you know, you might want to listen to other people and, and start with your boss. Well, it sounds like uh, you and Waymaker are doing a great job of listening to what the needs of these mid-tier cities are and helping them move forward and to, to get the work done that they need to accomplish to get ready to have or to grow the amazing innovation districts that we're here to talk about at AURP. So thank you, Phil. I really appreciate our conversation. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be here. Uh, great it's been, to see you. It's been a pleasure to have you. I am, My guest this afternoon has been Phil Hochberger, and he is a consultant with the Waymaker Group. I'm Tom Ocean. The Commons is coming to you today from AURP 2022 in Toronto. The Commons is a production of Wexford Science and Technology, LLC. Views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests. To view additional material about today's episode or guest, submit questions or story ideas, or to learn more about Wexford Science and Technology, please visit www.wexfordscitech.com forward slash insights. You can subscribe to The Commons on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. I'm your host, Tom Osha. Thank you for listening.